0: The show you love with even more local local news news. and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And welcome to this Tuesday afternoon on the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get things going here still early in the week. We'll take a look at a couple of the headlines and then deep dive into a couple of issues I'd like to speak with you about today, and we'll open the phones a little bit later and have some conversations about them. First of all, it is T-56 days and counting to the midterm elections on uh, November 8th. 2022, not too far away, 56 days away, and again, we'll continue to uh, look at the issues, discuss the issues that you and I need to be informed about in order to make informed, rational, and reasonable decisions on voting come November 8th. Uh, Let's take a look at a couple of the headlines uh, today for a lot of stuff, a lot of things going on today. Let's uh, review those very quickly, and uh, then we'll take a a look at some of our uh, our deeper subjects that we'll discuss today. Uh, Placer County, the Mosquito Fire, uh, the blazes burned close to 50,000 acres up there, uh, nearly uh, 20% containment at this point. 11,000 people have had to evacuate since the fire started. Over 40 buildings have been destroyed. Over 5,800 other buildings are being threatened. In fact, the company that we use at Advancing Vibrant Communities that handles our payroll, uh, some well, I won't name the person, but employee there that we deal with twice a month uh, has uh, had to evacuate. Uh, from his residence, and uh, we're, we're sending up prayers for, for him. He's uh, obviously very concerned. That's, uh, that's a terrible thing <clears throat> when uh, your home is threatened and uh, your, your history looks like it may go up in smoke. A longtime friend of mine at the time who was living in, in Georgia had an attic fire, and uh, he had a fire that destroyed a lot of his history. Amazing man had a doctorate, uh, from uh, Southern California, uh, he had done his, uh, master's work at Harvard, uh, just a, a brilliant man. And it's, it's devastating. I don't know if you've been through that or not. I haven't, and I'm grateful for that. But for those that have, uh, when, when your home burns up, of course, everyone's thankful, no lives were lost. But to have your history, all the pictures, all the notes, all the memorabilia—that's that's that's devastating. So, we do keep our prayers going for the people up uh, in that mosquito fire area. And of course, uh, a lot of talk today about the inflation rate. The Dow fell about a uh, hundred points today, and uh, things not looking as uh, as cheery as the White House might. Lead us to believe our uh inflation rate about eight point three percent, and uh it's just well, the president said Republicans should have joined us on this bill uh the president said, after all this bill, cut costs for families, help reduce inflation at the kitchen table. Don't know about that, uh, really, I don't know about you. I'm looking at prices that I'm having to pay. And I know across the nation, many of uh, the areas, their gas prices have gone down. I don't see ours going down a whole lot. In fact, in some cases, uh, they're up slightly uh, here in California. So not so good news uh, for the uh, so-called inflation bill. And it's the basics, my friends. It's the basics. As long as the federal government spends trillions and trillions of dollars and spends more uh, than it should, and as long as uh, pretty much the the money outdistances in terms of the marketplace, the money outdistances the available products, we're going to have inflation. That's why the Fed increases the rate, and we're probably looking uh, at another uh, 0.75%. Increased by the Fed on interest rates in the not too distant future, so it's not a cheery, not a cheery financial uh, picture at all at the moment. Uh, let's see what else do we need to. Oh, uh, down in San. We, we've talked earlier in the week about all these violent things taking place. San Diego. Remember, we mentioned uh, yesterday. The uh, police responded uh to uh, actually this happened about 12:30 this morning responded to a beach off of Reed and Mission in San Diego uh been in that area and they found uh a woman who was suffering from an apparent gunshot and uh she was described in her in her 50s and just uh, another horrible issue we talked about the guy yesterday who uh took a apparently a samurai type sword and And cut his former uh, wife or girlfriend's head off. A lot of evil going around. And uh, it's just mindful for us that we need to have an awareness of of what's going on around us. Uh, And then uh, last night, I I guess, I've heard, the uh, 74th annual Emmys took place. That's about all I have on that, I'm not interested in the Emmys or the Academy Awards anymore. It's just, I I don't, really? Uh, I haven't seen, in fact, I'm looking at some of these uh, shows that uh, were featured last night, Succession, Ted Lasso, Squid Game, I haven't seen any of them. And uh, maybe that's just me, and I'm, I'm not up to par. I just, frankly, don't, Care, and so I. If if you care, good for you. That, that that's fine. I, I just, frankly, as far as the Emmys and the Oscars go, you know, honestly, I, I really, I really don't care. Well, here's a fun thing too, and then we'll get down to business. Dozens of dogs apparently are going to compete in a surf competition in San Diego. That ought to be fun. Uh, the headline here is Dozens of Dogs Will Put Their Best Paws Forward for a Surf Competition in San Diego this weekend. It's the Helen Woodward Animal Center's annual Surf Dog Surfathon on Saturday. They're doing this for 17 years, and it raises money for the nonprofits' uh, programs and, and such. So um, there we go. Good stuff. It's, it's important to note when the, when the good stuff is happening. And so we want to include that in what we're talking about today. A footnote to uh, yesterday, we were talking at some length about the issue that a, a lot of the terrorist activity and the philosophy that was behind the 9-11 attacks are still brewing in the Middle East. And on Sunday, on CBS's Face the Nation, General Frank McKenzie—he's uh, now retired—he uh, was the uh, general involved in the pullout uh, from Afghanistan. He, he talked about how the fact that, about the fact that his advice to President Biden about the withdrawal from Afghanistan uh, was not followed by the president, which, which is fine. The president is the commander in chief, and. The, the generals and his military advisors advise, but it's the president's call. Uh, but the general said, look, I was, I was obligated to carry out the president's decision. Here's General Frank McKenzie, retired.
2: I had the opportunity to give advice, uh, t- advice to the president. He heard my advice. It was heard thoughtfully. And that's really all a commander uh, should expect to be able to do under our system. Once the president makes a decision, and you know, for a combatant commander like me, the chain of command is very short. It is the secretary of defense, and it is the president of the United States. And once a civilian leadership makes a decision, even though I might disagree with that decision, it is my moral responsibility to execute that order. To resign is not in is not in the uh, in the history. It is not it is not something that U.S. officers have typically done, and it sends a very bad signal. It is a political act by an officer who must need and must be and remain apolitical. So even if you disagree with the order, as long as the order is legal, you need to follow that order. If we do anything different, it would be very dangerous to the republic. So while I gave advice, my advice was not followed, uh, I executed that order as well as we were able to do. And i just note that the president makes decisions based on yeah. many factors my my recommendation, the Central Command AOR, certainly one of the factors he had to weigh. There were other factors that the president had to weigh as well, and I'm very much aware of that.
1: That's a good soldier. Uh, for, for those of us who have been either in the military or in paramilitary organizations, uh, law enforcement, fire and rescue service, there's a chain of command. And the chain of command is important because there needs to be order. Otherwise, you have chaos and you have losses of life and property, and so I agree with the, the general. Again, retired Marine General uh, Frank McKenzie, he gave the president his uh, point of view. President decided not to follow it. And um, we are suffering the effects of that. But he was a good soldier, did what he was supposed to do. We'll hear more from uh, General McKenzie in a couple of moments. Again, I, I think he's a, a good soldier. And uh, there's another good soldier in town, and uh, he's the guy you need to go to, I think, when you need to deal with real estate. His name is Dan Phipps. Right now, mortgage rate increases. They are impacting home sales. Wall Street Journal says home sales are down on an average of, what, 20% from this time last year. Well, there's only one agent I would trust with selling my home during a market slowdown, and that's Dan Phipps. Are you worried about missing the boat? On a top dollar sale for your home, well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. His proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No required costly repairs. I love that. No long-term contracts. Dan can even find you a new home. Before you move. Now, William in Modesto knows all about it. He had a rental property he needed to cash out ASAP. High price was his first priority, but he had a tenant there and he couldn't fix up the place for a bigger price because of that. Well, Dan Phipps felt confident. That he could get what William needed regardless of the situation. So Dan marketed the pli- price hard and he sold it for the same price as similar homes that had been upgraded in the area. How about that? Dan Phipps, he's an expert. So call him, Dan Phipps. He's the man I recommend, and I would hire to sell I'd hire to sell him my own home. That there's there's only one agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. It's Dan Phipps. Call him, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. And the Mike Douglas Show will continue in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, When last uh, we left off with you, we were hearing from retired Marine, General Frank McKenzie, who uh, was in charge of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Again, he talked to President Biden. His advice to the president was not to do it the way president chose to, the president is the commander-in-chief, and in, in a structure, in a command structure, you follow orders. And so General Mackenzie did what he was supposed to do. He, he also made the comment, as he was talking to uh, Face the Nation on Sunday morning, also made the comment, that, uh, and, and this is why I'm bringing this up, because it's tied to what's happening in 56 days the midterm elections on uh, November 8, 2022, these are things we need to think about. There, There are serious and sobering after effects of the way we left Afghanistan. And the question is, do we keep voting for people who supported that or not? Well, let's hear from General McKenzie.
2: We have very, very limited ability to see into Afghanistan right now. I've said I think we've got certainly less than 2 or 3 percent of the intelligence capability that we had before we withdrew. Uh, Our interest in Afghanistan is preventing al-Qaeda or ISIS from regenerating and being able to conduct an attack on our homeland or the homelands of our friends and partners. And our ability to do that has certainly been gravely reduced.
1: So what the general is saying, the retired general, is that we really may not know what's happening in Afghanistan right now. That the way we left it, uh, the trouble that was brewing there, one of the reasons we were there, it is still brewing without us being on top of what's happening. And that's, uh, that's a dangerous situation. Again, I think that's something we need to put in the mix as we cast our votes on November 8, 2022. Uh, the general's opinion is still the same as when he retired. he says the situation in Afghanistan, according to him, remains a threat to us.
2: I, when I left uh, when I left active duty, it was our assessment that uh, if we if we left Afghanistan, if the Afghan government fell, if the Taliban took over, then over a period of time both Al-Qaeda and ISIS would be able to
1: regenerate.
2: I, that is still my opinion today. Uh, it, you know it's going to take a little time for them to do that.
1: Absolutely. And uh, so, again, my friends, uh, you may say, well, what does that have to what does Afghanistan have to do with the Central Valley of California? It has to do with the fact that as a nation, we are still at risk. I think a lot of politicians on both sides of the aisle uh, through inaction, uh, through not dealing with this on a regular basis, have uh, lulled us into a false sense of security. Those, uh, those same very skewed and very radical Islamic perspectives are still brewing in the Middle East, and they are still threats. And like the general just said, as we heard from him, one of the problems is we don't exactly know what's going on because we don't have a presence there as uh, as we used to. So again my friends uh, just uh, just something to put in the mix as uh, as you think about what we need to do come November 8, 2022. By the way, if you <laughs> a little on 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 the lighter side here, you heard about what's happening uh this weekend in Turlock? It's called Dazed on the Green. Hmm. Two-day festival coming to the Stanislaus County Fairgrounds uh, this weekend, September uh, 17 and 18. Uh, That, of course, in Turlock. Uh, It's called the Dazed on the Green Music Festival and Cannabis Expo. Again, that's uh, this uh, weekend, September 17 and 18. Only people age 21 and older apparently can attend. Now included in the musical lineup are uh, Queensryche, Dawkin and Dead Kennedys, on, and Wiz Khalifa, Cypress Hill, E-40, and Bone. You say, well now, Pastor Mike, how do you know it's pronounced Queensryche, Q-W-E-E-N-R-Y-C-H-E? I know that because here at the Mike Douglas Show, we, we stop at nothing. There are no ends that we will not go to in order to make sure that we are as accurate as possible. So, so we went to the source, to two of the band members, to understand how to pronounce the name of the band.
2: Hey, everyone, this is Todd.
1: And Michael from
3: Queensryche.
1: Todd, and one, one more time.
2: Hey, everyone, this is Todd.
3: And Michael from Queensryche.
1: That's right, Queensryche. So we just try to be as accurate as we can. I've never heard of Queens, Reich. Dawkin. I've heard of the Dead Kennedys. Well, the band, not anyway. Uh, Wiz Khalifa, nope. Cypress Hill, nope. E40 and Bone Thugs and Harmony. No, not really familiar with them. But I'm more of a, a jazz guy. Uh, apparently. Uh, a couple of locals are organizing the event, uh, Michael O'Leary and Mike Alsup, uh from Modesto. Uh, they're graduates, by the way, 1988 from Downey High. And Alsip is a member of the classic rock band Three Dog Night. I didn't know that. I'm a Modesto uh, native. So Saturday, it's going to be rock with a second stage for punk and metal. And on Sunday, the main stage there will be for hip-hop, the second stage for punk music, have a reggae stage, et cetera, with areas where you can consume cannabis and alcohol with a capacity of 10,000 people. What could possibly go wrong? Well, anyway, it's uh, 11 a.m. to... 10 p.m. I, and I hope it all goes well. I know I'm being a little lighthearted on that. I hope it all goes well. There are no, there are no events that will reflect poorly upon it. We'll see. All right. By the way, i have a re- remember the downtown Modesto events. Look, I've got a funny story. I'll tell you about it in five minutes. Power Talk 1360 KFIB. The Mike
0: Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. I've uh, been talking about the Days on the Green event coming up this weekend. And uh, seriously, I think it's important. Now, whether you choose this event or not is is up to you, but in general, I think it's important to support these local entertainment venues, uh, these opportunities, whether it's uh, Gallo Center for the Arts or uh, concerts at the Fruit Yard or uh, down there in, in, in Turlock at the, at the fairgrounds. I think it's important to support... Uh, these, these local arts movements and, and events. Uh, I think that's that's very good. I, I And I really hope the fact that it may be warm and there will be uh, cannabis to uh, consume along with alcohol. I'm hoping that attached to the music will not be a problem. I hope it'll be a positive thing. And uh, I'm sure the the organizers and the promoters uh, do as well. So it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, to hear the report. Uh, talking a few moments ago, remember uh, anybody attend X Fest? The X Fest's for a couple of years in Modesto, downtown Modesto. anybody uh, anybody attend those? I did, not not on a regular basis. I I attended it for two reasons. Uh, I think maybe two or three of them. Uh, one was at the time I was a volunteer chaplain for uh, both Modesto Police Department and the Sanislaus County Sheriff's Department. It blazing hot at those X-Fests, and the police officers that were out there, I mean, they really got overheated, It, it and, and they were out there for a long time, so as... As the, the chaplains, what we did was, uh, and I think we set up at the Gallo Center, we had an opportunity there to provide them with uh, water and uh, light refreshments, uh, lunch and, and dinner if they needed it. And so uh, anyway, I was there, and, and it, was, it was interesting. But I was also there uh, because a, uh, an acquaintance of mine had a band, It was kind of a nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, early seventies, a band, a retro band, so to speak. And uh, he was the drummer. He had put together uh, this uh, band. It was quite good. It was very good. They invited me to play trumpet if I wanted, and I just uh, couldn't couldn't do it. But anyway, it was a lot of the great old songs for those of us who were teenagers in the sixties, seventies. Great band. Anyway they uh they had a venue there for and it was i think later at night but they had a, one of the stages set up for the you know the golden oldies type uh music and so i i went and bought a ticket to uh, to go hear them so i'm standing in line and at that point it was still light it was pretty hot and uh, i and you probably know my opinion of fellow pastors on really loud, ear-shattering bullhorns, I, there was a guy who had a bullhorn, and it was turned up all the way, and he was really close. It wasn't like he was even, you know, 10, 15 yards It He was really close. And he had this bullhorn turned up just, and, and it, it hurt your ears almost. And my hearing isn't what it used to be, and it still hurt my ears. Anyway, he was railing at people that they, uh, they were going to hell and, and uh, they were horrible people and this and that and the other thing. And I, I, I watched that and listened to that for a while. And you know me, I've got a long fuse. And I believe in uh, you know, coming into a situation at the lowest possible level of aggression possible on this spiral of aggression so I'm just uh I'm just standing there and, and people are getting annoyed you know I don't say anything to this guy but he's just railing at people how they're horrible people they're going to hell and they need to repent blah 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 and you know they're finally I'd had it and I said hey brother can I talk to you for a second so he comes over I said where are you from he said, why? I said, I'm just curious. Are, are you from the Modesto area? No. Oh, where are you from? And he, I don't know, it was somewhere in the, in the Bay Area. I said, oh, so you're not local here? He says, no. I said, well, I'm a pastor here, and these are my people. The, these, these people are from my community, and you're yelling at them, through a an incredibly loud ear-splitting bullhorn that they're all going to hell. I said, "You don't know these people. You don't know whether they're going to hell or not and besides that's not your decision. That's ultimately God's decision." Now, I said as a pastor, I understand evangelizing, but what you're doing is you're insulting these people because you don't know where they are theologically. And he started to get mad at me, and he yelled, not in the bullhorn, but he yelled at me. He says, well, you can't be much of a pastor. In fact, you should be ashamed to be as a In fact, your community ought to be ashamed that you're a pastor. I said, really? Why, why is that? Well, the crowd starts to get a little irritated with this guy by this time. And I, I see the private security start to come, and then they motion over uh, the local law enforcement, and I, I think it was MPD that was out there. Didn't know who, who the guy was, but anyway. So uh, the private security MPD come over, and they say, can, can we talk to you fellows for a moment? I said, sure. So they took me out of line with, with the uh, guy with the bullhorn, and uh, they said to me, they said, do you, do you have a ticket to be here? I said, yes, and I showed them my ticket. They said, okay. And they said to the guy who was yelling at everybody that they were going to hell, they said, sir, do you have a ticket to be here? No. And They said, okay, well, then you have to leave because you're in an area where you have to have a ticket to be here, and you're creating a disturbance of the peace with your bullhorn and we need you to leave and uh pastor Douglas you can get back in line and so I did so <laughs> anyway uh it was the first time that i i have really confronted a and i don't know if the guy was a pastor or not i i don't fault him for his free speech and exercising his his right of free speech and his uh right to express his religious views. However, in my opinion, he went over the line by having the bullhorn at ear-splitting volume in people's faces and insulting them being out of the area when he didn't know the people in line, and he didn't know whether they were believers or not, or whether they were going to hell or not, and there wasn't his choice. That's God's choice, not his. So anyway, that was actually my... (laughs) Last experience at uh, X Fest, and I had a wonderful evening. Uh, stayed and and listened to the whole set of uh, my friend and his band. In fact, I helped him uh, pack up and and help the rest of his band as well, and and uh, made sure that they uh, they uh, also had some refreshments and and such as well. So anyway, uh, all to say. That these you know these these events bring out interesting people, and uh, my hope is that on days on the green that uh, things work out well uh, this weekend. So have you have you been have you been to one of these events like X Fest? I'm not I'm not talking about the conferences you know that are inside of uh, the Gallo Center, but I mean these these outdoor uh, venues. Uh, are you going to be attending it? We, we'd love to hear how it goes. Will you be attending it? 209-551-3483, or have you attended something like it in the past? Would love to, uh, would love to hear your viewpoints on that. I, uh, I will not be attending, as you know, unless I have uh, Sundays off. Uh, my Saturdays and Sundays are taken up by researching and writing and sermoning and preparing all the technical things as the IT guy for uh, the church I'm at in the morning and, and such. But so anyway, I won't be there, but I'd be interested if you are, or if you have attended a festival like this, what do you think about the cannabis element? Are you worried about that? Or do you think it'll be fine? 209 551 3483. Our number here, 209 551 3483. And uh, have you, I'm sure you've heard about the potential railway workers' strike. We'll hear from a representative of uh, an agricultural group that is really worried about this. Again, they've got till Friday to straighten things out. He's really worried about the fact that there may be a strike and looking at the U.S. economy taking a hit of around $2 billion a day if this uh, if this strike occurs. I mean, there, there are some pretty sobering statistics that, uh, that may result from this if, in fact, it happens. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll hear from him as well in three minutes as the Mike Douglas show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and streamed on the iHeartRadio app.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, Dazed on the Green coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the fairgrounds in Turlock, and uh, it'll <laughs> it, it'll be interesting, uh, Queens Reich. Uh, Dawkin, the Dead Kennedys, uh, Wiz Khalifa, Cypress Hill, E forty, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and um, areas outside where you can consume uh, cannabis and alcohol as well. And I, again, I I am all for local music and arts events. I think that's important. Uh, the arts are something that I, I believe are a, a gift to us from God. And it's it's good to exercise that expose especially our children to uh, uh, to the arts to to quality arts uh, to good music and and such. So I I hope all goes well. I, I'm just what do you what do you think about the cannabis issue? Are, are you worried about that or or do you think that's fine? I um I don't know that I want to drive. I won't be down there in the area anyway. I don't know if I want to drive in the area uh, with people dazed on the green but it I, I hope it'll work out fine. Have you been to one of those types of events where, where they have uh, cannabis at at con- I mean legal cannabis at concerts? It'd be interesting to hear interested to hear your experience. 209-551-3483 our number 209-551-3483. Well, what about this railroad strike? It looks like uh, two uh, of the major rail worker unions, they're threatening to go on strike Friday, by Friday, if they don't get a new deal. Uh, That represents over 50,000 workers, including very important engineers and conductors. So the American Association of Railroads warned that the strike could halt most passenger and commuter rail services and shut down 30% of the country's freight capabilities overnight. So they have disagreements over quality of life provisions like vacation and sick time penalties for missing work and such. Uh, so U.S. agricultural groups are sounding an alarm here, and they're saying, look, Congress and White House, let's, uh, let's do something about it, about this. Uh, Here's a a gentleman by the name of Mike Steenhook, and he is uh, with the Soy Transportation Coalition. And he's talking about the fact that this is bad timing because of the harvest season.
2: That
4: clearly is something that would be not in the best interest of our broader economy.
1: It would not be in the best interest of agriculture, particularly on the eve of harvest season. I I think that's reasonable, and he also points out the obvious, that the the supply chain, it's already in trouble. Already, rail service was not operating on all cylinders. We have this overall backdrop of supply chain challenges. This is a time we want rail service to improve. Mike Steenhook puts it in, uh, I think, very plain spoken terms now. He says politicians are well aware of the problem and the midterms are almost upon us. Abortion. We need something like this like we need a hole in the head and I and our elected officials understand this prior to a midterm election. Yeah, we need something like this like a hole in the head. I I agree with him. And and maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I'm not seeing it, but given the fact we've got what now 8 inflation, we have uh, supply chain problems, prices are going up. How about the union people, and I know know what some of the responses are going to be, but how about the union people and the railroads stepping up and sacrificing a bit for Team USA like the rest of us versus expecting the politicians to solve the problem? I mean, these are the same politically-oriented economic wizards who have done such a wonderful job decimating the economy so far. Why would we expect them to fix it? They're saying that Amtrak may be canceling some long-distant routes already. Uh, and let's see, what are they looking at? They're going to suspend service from Chicago to L.A., Chicago to Seattle, Chicago to San Francisco, and Los Angeles to San Antonio. And by the way, the the freight uh, rail strike could shut down Amtrak, uh, San Joaquins. I've taken those a lot. And uh, the ACE trains as well. So apparently passenger service could start to be scaled back uh, on Thursday, September 15th to make sure no trains are on the tracks as of uh, one minute past midnight Friday. Strike could also affect many Central Valley industries that rely on these shipments. So I'm, you know, the economic impact is uh, is sobering. The National uh, Truckers Association is saying there need to be a 500% increase in the number of drivers to meet a new demand if the railroad shut down. So I've apparently America is already already dealing with a massive trucker shortage according to the um, American Truckers Association. What are the numbers here? They're currently short. Eighty thousand drivers. So Maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I'm not seeing it. But I'm thinking, can't the railroad workers and the railroads sacrifice a bit on both sides and, and deal with this without the government getting involved? The government has done such a wonderful job now to give us uh, 8.3% inflation rate. Well, let, let, let's stop saying the government needs to come in and fix it. How about we as society and Americans, part of Team USA, how about if we solve these things on our own and don't make the supply chain even worse? I'm, I, I know two, uh, two guys in my life who are truckers. They're, they're going to be working overtime. What do you think? Our number here, 209-551-3483. And we'll be back with you on the Mike Douglas Show after news, weather, and traffic right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The
0: show talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And
1: welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So happy to have you with us as we take a look at the issues of the day that affect you and me right here. And uh, one of the uh, effects that we're looking at today, of course, the new numbers coming out, we're looking at an 8.3% uh, percent inflation rate over a, a year ago. The Dow fell about uh, 1,000 points today. So uh, not, uh, not great news financially, so as, as you and, and President Biden has been painting a pretty rosy picture of, of everything, and he believes that his plan is uh, going to take the inflation rate down despite the trillions of dollars that uh, is being pumped out uh, by the federal government. And uh, the fact that uh, you and I, I, I don't know about you, maybe it's where I shop. It seems to me that prices are going up. I think uh, one, one survey I saw that said grocery prices were up about 13%. Um, I'm looking at things that I, and I do a lot of the shopping uh, for our family, my wife and I, and I, it just seems to me the prices are, are going up. Does that, are, are, are you experiencing that, or am I living in a bubble somewhere where the economy is rosy and I, I, I just need to get with it? I don't know. What do you think? 209-551-3483. Are you better off financially than you were a year ago? Are you? 209-551-3483. I'm not. Expenses are going up. My wife and I both are working uh, three jobs apiece to, uh, to pay our bills, make ends meet. I mean, we don't live a life of luxury by any means, uh, but again, maybe I'm living in an alternate universe. i like to know, how, are, are you seeing prices going? Are you worried about the economy? Are you worried about me making your your bills and, and such? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three, our number. Well, as uh, President Biden is, is painting a pretty, pretty rosy picture, he feels, about the economy and, and such, uh, our governor, Gavin Newsom, painted a, a rosy picture today about a brand new website that is uh, rolling out in California. It's a new California government website that tells us how to access abortions in the state of California. Here's Governor Gavin Newsom today, and I believe this uh, video has been posted on Twitter.
3: Abortion.ca.gov is now online. The site features information, information on how, where, and when to access abortion and reproductive health in California.
1: But wait, there's more. Our tax dollars are paying for invitations for women Yes, that's right. Only women get pregnant. That's something that we know as a truth here on The Mike Douglas Show. Anyway, our tax dollars are paying for the invitations for uh, pregnant women from out of state to come here to our beloved state to kill their unborn babies.
3: It includes information on your right to an abortion and information if you're traveling to California from another state that has restricted your reproductive care
1: all right well you you know I believe by now my my views on on abortion, but let me ask you this does does the state government have any business spending our tax dollars for a website to promote abortion and to invite people from outside the state to come here to the state to have their abortions do Do you think it's right for state dollars to be used this way now? Again, I'm I'm a uh, I'm an advocate as you know of freedom of speech. I wouldn't have a problem first amendment wise if planned parenthood and nonprofit agencies or even pro- for-profit agencies got together and decided to fund a website for abortions. That's that's their business. I I I just don't feel It's the job of the state to spend money to advertise abortions. What do you think? Our number here, 209-551-3483. I'm sad that this is what California is becoming known for. Uh, I'm sad that that we are the, the sanctuary state for killing unborn babies Uh, as as a method of common contraception. I'm sad about that. There there are many things that make me sad about California these days, and I I grew up here. I was born and raised in California. I'm a native Californian. And there was a time when I, I had some appropriate pride in being a Californian, even when people that weren't of the same political ilk that uh, I am. We're in office in in Sacramento. There were things. I I believe California has some natural resources that are just absolutely amazing. Right now, though, I'm embarrassed. But I am embarrassed by how, how we're presenting our state to the rest of the union. Let's find out what you think. 209. Five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one, three four eight three. To the phones we go, Debbie and Stanislas. Uh, Debbie, if I can get the button to work, here, here we go. Uh, you're on the Mike Douglas Show, Debbie. What's on your mind?
5: Thank you, Mike, for taking my call. I have a question and a comment, please. First, I'd like to make my question. I'm not quite in the know. And perhaps in the audience and yourself you'll be in the know who has the right to make all of these these how do i say it these catastrophes is it the governor or is it many other people that we're not even we're not even telling us i'm scared i'm scared for my children my grandchildren my great grandchildren I'm afraid for every single solitary younger person that's not even being told the truth. We can't have anything in our future unless we have the truth. So I'm asking the question, who is making these rules? Who is bringing out all of this that's destroying California? I want Hollywood gone. I've said it every time I've called. I want them gone. They don't serve a purpose. If we want to be entertained, we can make another venue. It doesn't have to be Hollywood. Something is wrong. Please help me understand what happened. The state of California is finished. I know that sounds radical, and there are so many wonderful people here. Don't misunderstand me, everybody.
1: Yeah, there are. But we
5: are gone. Well, let me but take. We're broken, Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah, let me let me take that on, uh, Debbie, because you you asked a question, and it, it really is a, a multi-layered question, in in my opinion. Uh, let, let me address some of the last comments first. Regarding Hollywood, I, I am opposed to a lot of what Hollywood puts out uh, in, in terms of its content. However, we, we, live a, we live in a culture, we live in a, uh, a state, we live in a structure where there's the freedom of speech. And the courts, by the rule of law, have have said that certain types of content are, are now appropriate. I feel Hollywood is destructive in, in many ways. Uh, however, I, my, and, the, and this is strictly my viewpoint on this, Debbie, my viewpoint is let's get more rational and even faith-based people into Hollywood. And there are many, by the way, they often don't want to identify themselves because they're worried about their jobs. But let, let's get more moral, ethical uh, people into Hollywood so that they begin to be the influencers, so that Hollywood uh, becomes a, a bastion of good things versus oftentimes a bastion of bad things. Now, I, I look at uh, the, uh, the Tom Cruise movie, uh, the recent Maverick uh, movie, Top Gun Maverick. I think that had a good, uh, a good message to it. It was very patriotic. Uh, the good guys won, and it had a lot of, uh, lot of good things to, uh, to say about conflict resolutions. So that, 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 that's my, my view on, on Hollywood. I, I feel that doing away with Hollywood uh, would be a violation of our rule of law. Uh, so that, that's my response to that, Debbie. And then uh, in general— Who's making these decisions? Debbie, that is an excellent question. Who's making these decisions? And let's think about Washington, D.C. for a moment. We're supposed to have a representative government. Who decided that there should be 87,000 more IRS agents bearing guns with law enforcement authority? Who, Who came up with that? Did we come up with that? Did the majority of Americans say that's what we want? No, it's the power brokers who basically do what they want because there are not enough people in opposition to stalemate them or put them in check. And I feel, uh, Debbie, the same thing as uh, we suffer from here in California. A lot of the ridiculous legislation that, that we see coming through our, our uh, state senate and uh, our state assembly and signed by the governor. These are things that I don't, I don't think rational people are for, but there are not enough of the uh, opposition in, Cal- in uh, Sacramento to stop it, to put these people in check. And that, again, that's why I think November 8, 56 days from now becomes so important. We need to be we need to be about chipping away at this because Debbie, I think you're right. The people who are making these decisions are often abusing their power. And especially in Washington, d c, you look at the way the FBI is being used, the way the Department of Justice is being used. and it's horrible. Our retired FBI agent Bob, that comes online with us so often, attests to that. this it's a it's a bad, state of affairs at the moment how do we how do we deal with that? and i'll I'll have some comments about that and we'll also get back to the phones in three minutes here as the Mike Douglas show continues on power Talk thirteen sixty k f i v.
0: Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And let's get back to the conversation here on The Mike Douglas Show. 209 551 3483 here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Let's go out to uh, Oakdale. And Frank, Frank, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
6: Yeah, Biden has added $4 trillion to the national debt. It presently is $31 trillion now. That's $57,000 per American. The effects of the national debt is inflation has gone up. They've had to jack up interest rates to fix that problem. So, And it's hurting the housing market and equity in homes. The stock market's going down drastically because of the national debt, and a lot of average Americans have their retirement in that. Um, A lot of employees now aren't able to uh, pay their bills, so they're trying to uh, get more money to pay their bills. That may be contributing to the railroad strike. So this national debt, it's like if I borrowed $5 million, which I obviously can't afford to do it, but that's what our government's doing now, just printing, printing, borrowing, borrowing to the tune of thirty one trillion, and it's devastating our economy. If I was five million in debt, I'd have to file bankruptcy. So I I know that I can only borrow so much and I limit it to that amount. But the national government's not doing likewise.
1: Frank, let me let me ask you a question, honestly. Do you think they care?
6: No, it's they're very short-sighted. I mean, just the average Joe American understands that you can't borrow above the amount that you're able to pay back. But it's just about power. They figure the more money they give away, the more power they get. And even though it turns us all into uh, beggars and borrowers at the 250000 per person, they don't care if they can win that next election and get more power and consolidate more power. After a while, they'll get so much power that all us little serfs won't be able to do anything to resist or fight back. We'll, we'll be their little serfs, and they'll be our overlords. And uh, that's just the way the elites and the
1: political
6: elites want it. Just get more and more power to the point where we're like Venezuela, and we can't do a thing about it.
1: Frank, that's uh, that's the issue. Appreciate your comments. I, I think th- you you've hit the nail on the head. One of the problems that we have is there's not a whole lot we can do about it. When I say we, I'm talking about rational people. I'm not even talking about political partisanship here at all, Frank. I'm I'm just uh, my friends. I, I'm just talking about g- general common sense wisdom, and and general. Common sense wisdom says that if you keep printing money the way the federal government is and spending money the way the federal government is, that you're going to have inflation. And so then the question becomes and I, I Frank, you answered my question. My question is, do they care? I'm beginning to think they don't care, which means then that they have a, another agenda which is destroying what is to replace it with something else. Otherwise, people that are rational would not let this get out of control the way it is and would not continue to run up the debt. Uh, Frank gave us some uh, dollar statistics there that are, that are pretty sobering. And uh, I think Frank gave us a, a good... Uh, assessment there about one of the problems is that a lot of our career politicians they're they're in it for the dollars they're in it in it for the earmarks uh, the 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 pork uh, so to speak for their constituent areas and they're there for their next reelection and it's frustrating because we don't seem to have any way to combat it. And I'm thinking of uh, what we often hear from polit. and I am so tired of hearing, especially from uh, politicians who, pr- who appear, anyway, to oppose some of these absolutely incredibly dumb decisions, especially economically. I am so tired of them he- saying, we're going to have some hearing. We're going to do some subpoenas and what I'm, have you ever been to a here? I've been to hearings, committee hearings in Sacramento to testify there. I don't do that anymore because I don't think it makes a difference. I think it's a waste of time. I think uh, whoever is in power is going to do what they need to do. And the hearings are just a way of going through the motions and so I, I'm, I'm weary, as uh, so many of late, so many Republicans, especially national uh, ones from Washington, DC., uh, senators and uh, uh, Congress people. well, we're, we're, when we're in power, we're going to subpoena, and we're going to have some hearings. I am tired of that. So what? What has that accomplished z- thus far? Zippo. Zippo. When we had the House, when we had the Senate, we, meaning conservatives, what did they do with it? Did did they do what they needed to do? No. No. Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. I'm just hoping that as we approach in 56 days, 11, 8, 22, and then November, 2024, God will rise up, whether they're Republicans or Democrats or independents or from whether they're politicians from the planet Zarkon. I don't care. But people who have credibility, integrity, ethics, morality, and are committed to do the right thing, whether they're putting their next election at risk or not. Do you think we'll have that? We'll discuss that in a couple of minutes. Our telephone number 209-551-3483. Debbie says she thinks all is lost. I don't think all is lost, but we need to make some changes. I'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Back to the phones shortly.
0: The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Taking a look at the the state of the state and the state of the union. Where are we at, where are we going, and what can we do about it? Well, let's go back to the phones. 209-551-3483. Bill from Modesto. Bill, you have a reaction to one of our phone calls recently. Bill, you're on the air.
3: Real good. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I believe his name was uh, Frank. He was talking about a lot of our inflation and the money matters. And that triggered a little thought. The last, uh, I'm going to say two or three generations, they have such an easy ability to obtain credit, and then they don't want to pay it back because they're too busy being selfish or whatever rules. I always thought that Congress held the purse strings for any monies. How is it they get to just go ahead and give away the monies left and right? Is it because maybe we're our generations have all got uh, lazy on payback and morals and uh, things of this nature
1: I think that's part of it Bill I, I think the other part of this sad to say is I don't believe Congress has the will to stand in the way of a lot of this e- either e- either it's they're conspiring to be part of it or, Congress just doesn't have the will to fight it, one or the other, or maybe it's a combination thereof. I I just don't see Congress basically having the spine to push back on some of these decisions that people with common sense know are are going to end in ruin, uh, especially economically. Uh, Do you have a theory about that?
3: Well, I've been scratching my head for years. And I managed to pay off my house, and it was such a relief. Just because we paid off a house doesn't mean that extra mortgage payment. We can go buy some more stuff and get back in debt. It's a wonderful thing to be out of debt. But I've got stepchildren and and other families that tell me the same stories. The children are spending recklessly, and they see the same thing by our government. They don't understand the meaning of a dollar. And I just, um, uh, when I was in high school, I was with young Republicans. And actually, was very active. And now, today, at 67, I'm beginning to think, there's nothing I can do. And that's a defeatist attitude. I don't like to be in that position. So, i future generations. I can't yeah, Bill,
1: think Bill, we're uh, losing your cell phone uh, signal there a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I... I appreciate your, your comments, and uh, again, I think one of the problems that we're dealing with, and, and you mentioned this in, in, uh, in your comments, we aren't preparing younger generations for the real world anymore. What, what are we doing? We're, we're spending time teaching them that they can change their gender if, if they want to. Uh, we're not spending time teaching them about basic home economics, I remember, and I think you and I are probably of the same vintage, but I remember in high school, Bill, that I, uh, we, I think it was ninth grade, if I remember correctly, but uh, part of the ninth grade history curriculum was you learned how to borrow money. You learned how to, at that time, manage a checkbook. You learned how to manage your checkbook. You learned how to write a check. Uh, you learned how to budget. Uh, you learned these basic things. And, and one of the principles that you learned was if you borrow money, you pay it back. It's your signature on the line and it's your job uh, because you are making a commitment. It's, it's, it's a matter of integrity and honesty. If you can't, if you don't think you can pay that loan back, don't borrow. And uh, I, th- I think we've lost that. I think we've lost the the education that needs to take place. And may I is that on purpose, do you think? Do you think our, our state and, and federal federal departments of education are purposefully not teaching this? Those of you in, in the education system, is that being done on purpose? And I'm wondering uh if, if there are, for example, junior high, high school teachers that that would like to teach about basic economics. I won't say checkbooks anymore. It's all mostly done online now. Uh, but, you know, the basic home economics. How how do you manage? How do you budget? How do you manage that? Is that taught? In, in, and if you are a teacher, are you allowed to teach that anymore? That's an interesting question. Are educators allowed to teach that or is it not part of the curriculum anymore? Are we spending so much time... And I know this is one of the, uh, one of the frustrations. Uh, both my parents were teachers. Uh, they now graduated to heaven many years ago. My, my sister is still a teacher. And I know that the, all three of them over the years have moaned about the fact that oftentimes they've had to teach to the test. You know, they have these metrics that have to be met. Uh, through test results. And they have to teach to the test instead of teaching what people need to really know on how to how to survive in a in a in a real world, not in a a protected world where they're never insulted, they're never bullied, they're, they'll never have any debt. It's not real. We're not. We're not educating our children to operate in the we're uh, in the real world. <laughs> we're teaching them to operate in a false world, are we not? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Back to the phones. Back to Modesto and Eric. Hi, Eric. Uh, what are your thoughts?
4: Hey, uh, this is a little bit off uh, topic, but I was just wondering, you as a pastor, um, do you? Do you think we're living in a Romans 1 world right now?
1: <laughs> uh, le- let, me, let me answer that generically for you, Eric. And, and let, me, let me add something to that, uh, because I get, I get a lot of these, these questions. My perspective is we are put here at a time and a place for a purpose. And my sure. purpose is to reflect the character of God in what I say and what I do. Do I do that all the time? Am I successful all the time? Absolutely not. But part of reflecting the, the truths of Scripture is honoring government when it does not radically come against, in 180 degrees, against uh, what we believe to be true in terms of our faith. In other words, I I believe that we're to honor the government. I I believe that we're to be good citizens. Yesterday, Eric, we were talking a bit about uh, Christian nationalism, and that... That gets down a rabbit hole that's very deep, because I I think people have different interpretations of that. I I don't believe that we ought to have a state religion. However, I also believe that if we do not allow the Judeo-Christian ethic to freely operate within the United States of America, we have no hope of surviving, because our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our Declaration of Independence— the, the tenets of how we were founded uh, as, a, as a as a union all have to be setting upon the underpinnings of judeo-christian ethics and, and if we take away those underpinnings, it falls and and I, I think Paul and you were mentioning Romans and what a tremendous deep, deep uh, book, I think the Apostle Paul talked a lot about that. He talked about, in fact, he exercised his own rights as a as a Roman citizen. So I I believe there's that uh, that need and that admonition to honor the government. And I'll I'll wind up the theological part of this uh, because another guy, I'm going to anticipate it not from you, Eric, but from others. uh, Are are we are we in the end times? Are we seeing the end times? I don't know because my belief is Christ Himself says you're not going to know. There are certain things we can right. see. We're certainly heading toward it, but uh, the timing of it, don't know. So I'm going to Eric. I'm just anticipating that question and answering it uh, ahead of yeah. time. But let, I, me, let me let me have you respond to that. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. So like, I, I'm not I'm not an, I'm not saying uh, that that question wasn't like in relation to like are we the end times or not. I'm looking at. I'm a marriage and family therapist. Um, I I deal with a lot of uh you know obviously psychological issues. And my my question is in this sense is that if God if we believe in a God that designed the universe and designed humanity, um and He designed all of that for Him to have a relationship with us for us to be for Him. Um, if we, for instance, in Romans one, if you throw out God corporately and individually, um, then it's inevitably going to lead to the design um, malfunctioning. So therefore, mental disease, um, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the stuff we're seeing right now. And I think that you can go back even in the Old Testament, you can see when they do that, they kind of fall for the same things we're falling for now. Uh, That's more what I was talking about. Not really are we at the very end, but like I think we're experiencing the repercussions of throwing God out of our, you know, corporately and individually as a society.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think the principles, uh, are alive and well still. Uh, if your question is, do I feel that, uh, Rome is about to fall? (laughs) make, making the, uh, equation that, that we are like Rome. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think, uh, you know, as Paul addressed, and, and I'm doing some of this from, from memory here, but he was uh, talking about the, the sense that he had an obligation to people in, in uh, both what he would call uh, the, the Roman world, the civilized world, and the rest of the world, uh, for, for him to, um, to bring the word to them. And he was eager to do that. And he was not ashamed of uh, what he was he was going to say, but he also, uh, and, and I think you touched on this, touched on the fact that, uh, and this is where that Judeo Christian underpinning comes, that God has an economy set up, He has a system set up, and and if we operate as a nation and as a culture in opposition to that. System. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the institutional church here at all. Uh, don't misunderstand that. But what I'm talking about is is if we intentionally operate in opposition to God, then yes, we're, we're going to fall as a culture. I think Amen. that's, that's uh, what, inevitable. Was that, that was that kind of what you were looking at?
4: Yes, sir. You, you you nailed it. The latter, okay. you definitely nailed it. Thank uh, you very much. I appreciate
1: your time. <laughs> All right, Eric. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate that, and uh, also appreciate the fact that iHeart Media allows me to put on the pastor hat occasionally and um, and, and answer those questions as uh, as they come up. Uh, again, I I am not at this point at the point of saying. We have no hope. I think we're in a desperate struggle for the survival of our society. And I think the more and more that we defy God, and it doesn't matter if you're a person of faith or not, but if we continue to defy and work in opposition to the Judeo-Christian ethic, then we are doomed, because God will not be mocked. All right, I'm going to get off, get off that pulpit here, and, and, and thank you for allowing me the, the time and the space to, uh, to comment about that. All right, we'll be back to the phones in a couple of minutes. 209-551-3483, where we are as a culture, where do you think we're going? Do you think we have hope? 209 551 3483. I'll be back with you in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here your concierge for conversation and we're just dealing with what is. And it it can be discouraging, it can be defeating. However, I'm not there yet. Anyway, I, I believe that as, as long as I'm vertical and taking nourishment, that uh, we need to fight the good fight, so to speak. Uh, a couple of principles. Uh, one, and, and I want to go back to uh, the, the nation of Israel as it was taken uh, captive in, in Babylon, taken out of uh their environment and and uh, put into captivity in in the evil pagan place called Babylon, centuries and centuries, millennia and millennia ago. And one of the messages uh, to the people, while they were they, they were in exile from their homes, they were under a, a ruler that uh, did not believe the way they did. They were basically under the thumb of of Babylon. And they were instructed through the prophet Jeremiah to seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. I think that applies to where we are today, whether you're a person of faith or not. And that is that wherever we are, whatever society we're in, wherever we happen to be planted, we need to do our best to to help that society, to bring the, the tenets, the, the, the concepts, the constructs of, of forgiveness, of grace, of, of mercy, of, of sacrifice, of, of being good citizens, and, and yes, to stand up to injustice when we see it, but to do it appropriately. And, and, and that's hard sometimes because we get angry. There's another principle about that from the half-brother of Christ himself. says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I'm not trying to be preachy here, but it's a principle. It's a principle to remember that if we lose control If 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 we are so angry we can't think straight, if we allow others to dictate our level of response and how we respond, they have won. That's why I I continue to encourage all of us to stand fast upon what we know to be true, not to aggravate other people, but to stand fast. Well, men can get pregnant. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't believe men can get pregnant or ever will get pregnant. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that, and I never will. So let's take that off the table, and let's find uh, something we can agree on. But no, that, that, I'm sorry. You, you don't change my mind on that. That's what I believe. And they can't argue with what you and I believe. We are who we are, and they're welcome to believe what they want to believe. So, well, wow, out of time. Two hours goes by so fast. All right, we'll get back with it tomorrow, our conversation together, 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a great night. See you tomorrow.